Hey, welcome everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is an award-winning podcast brought to you by Protus Global and proudly brought to you by Protus Global. And I'm really excited to bring to you my guest today. My next guest is the co-founder of a leading free role resource in the cannabis industry. His team brings a wealth of knowledge about all aspects of pre-roll manufacturing and the entire pre-roll sector of the cannabis space. My guest today, I want you all to welcome here on Plant Profits, Mr. Harrison Bard, co-founder, Custom Cones USA. Harrison, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much, Vern. Appreciate you having me today. Oh, enjoy it, man. So look, I've, I've been really spending a lot of time just really focused, and, and I've been writing about it, I've been talking about it in conversations, if you go back and listen to some of our conversations on Plant Profits, about the, just really the professionalizing, the normalizing of the industry, okay? And there, there's one segment that I think is real important, and I think you participate in, and I want you to give me some insight. So if I said to you that, I believe that Custom Cones USA, what you produce that consumers utilize and their usage of cannabis is part of the visual historic database of the industry. What would you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of history of the industry, yeah, um, reroll, the joint or a blunt is one of the most popular smoking formats. Right. It's Probably one of the oldest, or you know, maybe some sort of ceramic bone or pipe um, from back yeah. in the day, made out of like a bone. But other than that, you know, the joint is the de facto form factor. And then we've even seen data that across all demographics, in terms of like Gen Z, young folks, to all the way up into like baby boomers and older, prior the joint, the pre-roll category is consistently popular with everyone, um, and I think does hold a special place in the industry. Yeah, it, it does. And and moving forward, you know, as we look at in in the United States of America, right, as as this uh, legalization and this work that everybody's doing to get the walls to come down and it becomes a regular wellness product, right? That in the as we move forward, what consumers or future consumers see is your they actually see your product right? They, that's what we utilize, your product, the pre-roll. So I think it's I think it's interesting, but I also think you have a certain responsibility because of that, right? Yeah. And then just to touch on one of the things you said, like as the industry normalizes and cannabis becomes more of a wellness product, you know, we're seeing is that the average consumer, the core cannabis consumer is not using it for recreational purposes. It really is a recreational product. Of course, there's tons of medical applications, and I think that's where a lot of scientific research and breakthroughs will come about. But those will be really great medical applications that will definitely help alleviate a lot of pain and suffering in millions of people's lives. But the cannabis industry in terms of product sales is dominated by recreational use. Yeah. If you look at the key categories that are driving the growth of the industry or just make up the largest percentages of total sales. It's not the health and wellness categories. You hear a lot of people trying to target like the Canic Curious, the new 
people who've never tried like the, you know, the soccer moms and grandmas and whatnot. But the categories that people are trying to target those consumers with are capsules, sublinguals, topicals. Those categories typically make up less than 1% and are suffering from the largest declines year over year. And it's really the recreational categories that are making up a majority of sales. And those are flower, of course, pre-rolls, and then vape pens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that. But as a baby boomer user, right, I use it for wellness. I use it for sleep. I, mm-hmm. Right. And I and I, I have I have folks that do use it for pain. I have folks that do use it to uh, take care of several, I, I would say, consumer need states that are that, that cannabis really fills a void. No, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to discredit that, but I'm just saying, yeah. In sales, like, you know, the 80 20 rule of, yeah. majority of sales is driven by hardcore recreational consumers that are purely consuming cannabis on a daily basis, more predominantly a recreational need. But of course, it definitely helps alleviate, you know, chronic pain and sleep. But I think the main driver is still going to be uh, underlying recreational use and enjoyment of the plant. Yeah. Dean, do you believe that is going to fuel the growth five, six years from now? Yeah, I do. I think consumers, it, it, I mean, it's like a mixture of the ben- yeah. the health benefits um, sure. and the enjoyment, the recreational use. I think more people will stop using alcohol as a recreational you know, vehicle and switch to cannabis. It's still fun. It's still enjoyable, but mm-hmm. it has some health benefits compared to alcohol. I like to be careful when saying things are healthy, you know, smoking anything is not healthy. Um, there are, there's still a lot of research that needs to be done in terms of how does the endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. interact with the large amounts of cannabinoids that you're now getting. So the endo- endocannabinoid system in your body, you know, there are natural endocannabinoids that are interacting with that. And that's why, you know, cannabis works when you ingest it or to smoke it. But the levels of those molecules are like minuscule compared to what you're getting when you're taking a recreational dose. Even probably a 10 milligram edible is way beyond what your body's naturally producing. Sure. Um, so you, yeah, I want to caution people in thinking of it's it's healthy. Everything's good about it. You know, there's you know, at least I want to advise some amount of caution. But I do think the recreational nature will continue to fuel the growth of the industry. You know, yeah. throughout. So how do you, thank you for that, that piece. How, how do you classify them and how do you look at the, the, the dynamic growth of a very small segment is beverage. Beverage is really, and, 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 and I, I'm a beverage consumer also, uh, cannabis beverage or cannabis related beverage consumer. So, and I know how I utilize it and, and it, and I have this background of the drinks industry, and I, I I really believe that what I see, and and I, you know, what I see from a consumption perspective, the ease of the beverage perspective of getting into new users, opting in folks, and how to socialize. Do you see that as as part of the future growth? Because that that segment seems to it's small, right? It's two percent or less of the of the total consumption, but it's growing dynamically faster than other segments of 
of consumption. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, beverage is still a relatively small category. It's about 1.1% in the US, a little bit bigger in Canada, 2.1%. I yeah. think beverages will continue to grow and yeah. it will be based off of accessibility. So if, and you see it now happening in Minnesota where they're able to sell cannabis beverages in bars. Yeah. Being able to make that choice and consume a beverage socially will help drive that growth. If big alcohol has its way and doesn't allow it in, you know, major stadiums and concert venues and into licensed liquor establishments, I think that that category will stay really small. But if it's able to, you know, overcome those hurdles and become an mm-hmm. accessible, easy to buy item, it, it will become popular. However, I think the 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 psychoactive effects the physiological effects of consuming an edible or a beverage versus smoking or vaping mm-hmm. is completely different. And most people that I talk to feel a little bit sleepier, a little bit slower when they consume an edible versus smoking or vaping. They get, you know, you not only get a faster effect, but it yeah. tends to be more uh, mental or in your head versus in your body. Yeah. Kind of down. So I think that kind of plays an effect. If someone's able to figure out how to mimic the effects of a combustible product in a beverage or an edible, that would totally explode the category. But yeah. I really do think that flour and pre-rolls and, and vaping is going to be the dominant form factor. Yeah. I, I, I tell you, this is an interesting discussion because I tell you, individuals are individuals when it comes to the consumption of, the, of, of cannabis, right? Because for me, <clears throat> edible is the last thing I want. It affects me differently. Mm-hmm. And beverage, I love beverage and I love smoke. Mm-hmm. Right. And that those are my forms. You know, that's my form of consumption in the category. And they, they and I get similar effects from both to me. Right. If, if mm-hmm. I'm managing it properly. So, but yeah, I think this is a really good discussion. But tell you what, we're going to take a break. <clears throat> Harrison, we're going to take a take a break and come back, and I really want to get into Custom Combs USA and how you got there and what you guys are doing because you're doing some exciting things. I want people to go on your website and really uh, check out what Custom Combs USA is is doing. My guest today on Plant Profits is Mr. Harrison Bard. He's the co-founder of Custom Combs USA. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of the award-winning podcast, Plant Profits. My guest today on Plant Profits is Mr. Harrison Bard, co-founder of Custom Homes USA. So Harrison, talk to me about your journey to Custom Cones USA. How did you get there? And why did you choose to go into specifically focused on the pre-roll business? So like any great entrepreneurial journey, it doesn't go the way it's planned. And Absolutely. the key thing you hear from entrepreneurs or startup folks is listen to the customer and be willing to pivot. And those two key principles really helped shape where we've gotten to today. So our I always wanted to get into the cannabis industry. I was originally working for Amazon corporate up in Seattle. Okay. 
the original business concept I had was to make a cannabis infused blunt wrap. So a blunt wrap traditionally is just a tobacco paper made from ground up mm -hmm. tobacco. And I yeah. thought, why not just make that out of cannabis? It's a plant. It's a, you know, you could, you could do it technically. Yeah. So, um, developed that product, licensed it to a, a producer processor up here in Washington and yeah. People thought it was cool, but they said, oh, oh, I need this in the shape of a cone. I need it to be a pre-rolled cone to make joints with it. Otherwise, we could just sell it flat for people to roll their own, but we sell a lot of joints, so it would be good to have it into a pre-rolled cone shape. So my business partner and I started looking into, okay, how do we get a cone rolling machine? We need to buy one of those and convert these into cones. And it turns out there's no such thing. All pre-rolled cones, at least back then, were rolled by hand overseas in places like Indonesia or India. Okay. So we had already quit our jobs at Amazon and <laughs> had to listen to the customer, who in this case is a business, saying it needs to be a cone shape. And then through conversations with the pre-rolled cone manufacturer, they said, hey, like, do you want to help us sell cones? We, we, You guys seem smart. We could use some help. And we had already quit our jobs, had no money, had, you know, unlimited time, time on our hands. So started a couple different websites and that website started getting a lot of traffic. This was back in 2017 when pre-rolls weren't that popular. A lot of farmers yeah. were still taking trim into them, but they quickly became more popular through 2018, 2019. And customers would just call us saying, what do you have in stock? What can you ship me? I need 10,000 cones yesterday what can you ship out immediately and so we just kept listening to the customer and following you know the money following the demands and ended up putting the cannabis blunt wrap project on hold for now and totally focused everything on custom cones usa which ended up evolving into the an entire one-stop shop pre-roll store for any sort of business we mm -hmm. offer from pre-rolled cones to customizing the pre-rolled cones pre-rolled blunts we expanded out of the cone shape and also do various tube shaped formats for larger uh -huh. blunts or different smoking experience. And then we have a really deep expertise in all of the machines from grinding to sifting to cone filling on a tabletop all the way up to automation. And then of course we offer all the packaging you would need and we have deep insights into what's popular, what are the laws, you know, we're not lawyers, so we can't advise you on exactly what's legal in terms of packaging and labeling requirements. We're, we're way more knowledgeable than your regular cannabis packaging website that just sells anything and everything. We have a sure. deep into the pre-roll space and we're really a close partner and advisor to all of our clients. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> it's nice to be an inch wide in the mile deep like you are in the pre-roll space. Uh, you, you get a chance to really build the connectivity. What would you say, what's the feedback you're getting uh, about what sets your pre-rolls apart? From competitors. So it's yeah, it's definitely our compliance. We're by far the strictest company in terms of compliance, and that is both for the shape and the weight of the cone. So ensuring all the diameters, top diameter, bottom diameter, and the weight of the cone is extremely mm -hmm. precise and consistent. But then more importantly, we test all the raw materials and finished products for heavy metals, pesticides. Yeah, so the biggest thing is going to be compliance, both in terms of the size, shape, and weight of the cone. So like opening diameter, bottom diameter, and weight. That's going to be extremely important on automated pre-roll machines as well as tabletop machines, making sure everything's compatible and then a consistent mm -hmm. weight to remain legal on those weight tolerances. But then more importantly, we're by far the strictest company in terms of compliance. 
So we test all of our raw materials as well as the finished pre-roll products for heavy metals, pesticides, and microbials. And those are the three main tests that a finished pre-roll needs to be tested to before it can be sold in retail stores. Right. And if any of those tests fail, a company could face massive recalls, could be tens of thousands, if not more, worth of inventory that they need to take off the shelf. And then that's also lost sales that they're not going to be able to capture during that time. Yeah. So that's part of your sales presentation to your customer base. Yeah. So a large MSO or Canadian LP is going to have a whole entire compliance team that's going to be vetting their suppliers. So they love working with us because we have all of that information handy. We also with a lab called Enresco, which is not a cannabis specific testing lab. So you'll hear a lot of cannabis labs that are fudging numbers, inflating THC potencies, and giving passing results because that's how they stay in business. If they're failing their clients, they're not going to come back. So we specifically chose a lab that doesn't really care about cannabis. They they come from a food and pharmaceutical background, and then they've added a cannabis vertical. Perfect. Yeah. So they, they don't care to fail you. They're, they're not basing their whole entire business on cannabis companies. So they're right. really accurate and really honest and not willing to compromise on their integrity. So not only do we have all those results, but you could actually trust ours versus another company that may be getting those test results from a cannabis lab that unfortunately doesn't have as high standards and is just going to pass anything and everything so they stay in business. Yeah, uh, that's really, really smart. I think that puts you ahead of the game and you, you get uh, you, you get good insight and information that way and you get more security that way about uh, the safety and the compliance of your product. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, since, and since we operate in every state and in Canada and even internationally, we have to okay. hold our to the strictest standards. So you may be operating out of Colorado or Missouri and you're only held to certain standards. But since we have to sell to everyone, you could trust that our products are the most compliant and maybe your state, and it tends to happen, is going to change the laws. Unfortunately, that happens all the time and things are only going to get stricter more likely than not. So we, we're future-proofing our inventory and helping our customers future-proof their business by ensuring that all of our products are held to the strictest standards, which typically is either in California or in Canada. So right. if it passes there, you're going to be really you know, assured that it's going to pass in your state as well. No, it's great. So it's your, your, your primary customer. Walk me through that. Is it, you know, now, give me the variety of people that actually you do a, a purchase order with. Yeah, so our core customer is a pre-roll manufacturing business. It changes depending on the state. So some states you may be vertically integrated and they also own the dispensary. And some states yeah. you're explicitly not allowed to own the dispensary, like in Washington. Right. But at the end of the day, our core consumer is most likely manufacturing a pre-roll. We do have for retailers only. So we have display solutions. So even if yeah. you're just selling pre-rolls, we have um, a lot of good items to help you merchandise and increase the sales of your products. Mm-hmm. But depending on the state, you're either a farm that's making pre-rolls, a co-packer that's not even growing the flower, that's just producing all sorts of products. Um, there's some co-packers that are only focusing on pre-rolls. Okay. But yeah. Our core customer is a pre-roll manufacturing business of some sort. Okay. All right. So, and you you sell to those folks. What's the feedback you're getting from the consumer 
or the feedback you're getting from your customer that this consumer is giving their feedback to about the visual of your product compared to your competition? Yeah, so there's some main sizes of pre-roll cones, and for the most part, they're blank, or they tend to be pretty blank. So like the main sizes is like the one gram, the half gram, and the dog walker mini size joint. Most of our pre-roll cones come with a plain filter tip on it so that we allow you as the brand owner to have your name be top of mind. We also mm -hmm. add branding, which is which is better. Then that way, once the pre-roll gets removed from the tube or jar, it has your logo on it. It remains in conversation as it's getting smoked. Okay. Whereas some of our competition, they put their logo on the filter tip. So like ZigZag, Raw, Futurola, them for the most part has their logo on the filter. And then when the consumer takes it out and they're smoking it in the park, is that your joint or is that now a ZigZag pre-roll? So if you want to keep your brand top of mind, we either have full custom branding or we could at least sell it blank. So you're not advertising someone else's brand. Yeah. And then a line of cones called designer cones, which are pre-labeled where they have okay. some type of branding or color or design on it. And it's like a happy medium between totally plain and getting full custom branding. So the, the getting full custom branding is going to be a little bit more expensive. You're going to have to have lead time calculated in there. So you need to plan ahead, which some cannabis companies, you know, really struggle with. Yeah. And then you need to deposit, <laughs> so then it's a cash flow concern as well. Right. So we have what's called designer cones that either say indica hybrid sativa on them and are color coded. So you can create multi-packs really easily. We also have plain colorful tips. So like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, black, and pink. You could choose the color that closest matches your brand or those are also really popular to create multi-packs. So you just throw a couple different colors in the multi-pack and then you label it on the back or put a card or sticker on there so you know which color correlates to which one. We also have holiday and charity themed cones. We have Hanukkah, Christmas, and Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the second biggest sales week after 420. So a huge time. It that's, that's good to know. Yeah. So really smart for you to create a seasonal product. Same thing with Christmas. I'm also another big sales week, but customers are always looking for something slightly different, something more interesting. They go to the bud tender, they say like, what's new? So to come out with a seasonal product is really smart and helps your brand stand out. And then we have a charity line as well. We have a rainbow tip that we donate to LGBTQ plus charities, a pink one with ribbon that we donate to breast cancer charities. And then we just launched an American flag tip cone that we donate to a cannabis veterans related charity. Oh, that's right. Uh, you're covering all your bases. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and spend a few minutes talking about some details uh, that I have some interest in here with your product. Uh, this is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today, Mr. Harrison Bard, co-founder, Custom Cones USA. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of the award-winning podcast, Plant Profits. My guest today, we've been chatting with Mr. Harrison Bard, who is the co-founder of Custom Cones USA, doing a great job. So, Harrison, let's talk a little bit about some issues that I'm sure you get hit with all the time. Like, what are your sustainability initiatives? 
right? And um, environmental uh, position on your product and, and, and where that is and how does that influence how you make what you make? Yeah. So on the paper side for pre-rolled cones and pre-rolled blunts, yeah. luckily those are pretty sustainable. So all of the rolling papers we used, they're ultra fun European rolling papers and the, the trees and that are harvested to, to make that paper is all FSC certified, which sure. if they down an acre or a thousand trees, they ensure that they replant the same exact amount, if not more to ensure that they're not, you know, reducing the number of trees in the environment. So we have that covered there with uh, the supply chain that we worked out. And then unfortunately, given the packaging laws, the strict compliance about packaging makes it really difficult for you to package a cannabis product, both compliantly and effectively mm -hmm. using sustainable materials. So it has to be child resistant and it has to be airtight. It doesn't have to yeah. be airtight, but if you want to have a successful brand and a high quality product, you want it to be airtight. Right. Oh, child resistant closures are tough on to do in paper and other sustainable materials. It is possible, but then they're not airtight. So then you still need some sort of plastic wrap, uh, a, a heat shrink or an over wrap, like a cigarette box or perfume box to keep it airtight and act as that oxygen and moisture barrier. So it's a little bit challenging. And then it's also more expensive to use those types of materials and package options. So we do have a fully home compostable, really the first of its kind home compostable pop top tube, but it's, I think it's like three to four times more expensive than your average pop top tube that you could buy. So most cannabis companies are not willing to spend that much. We did a survey where we surveyed over 300 of our customers. And one of the questions was on a scale from one to 10, how much do you care about sustainability and recyclability in your packaging? Mm -hmm. And average response was a nine, you know, lots of nines and tens. Very next question was how much more are you willing to pay? Yeah. Great question. <laughs> average answer was a zero, one or two. So it was like, <laughs> we have super tight margins as cannabis pre -assessment. We're not able to take advantage of the tax code. You know, 280E is still hurting a lot of businesses. So of course, more than they really should be able you know, to the duck. And there's a ton of price compression. There's sometimes, depending on the state, way too many farms being allowed to enter the market or that mm -hmm. just decided it's good because it's not corrupt, but there's a oversupply. So people are going to go out of business through that process. They're slashing prices. There's oversupply. So ton of price compression. So they're just not able to afford those sustainable packaging options um, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the challenges. So uh, let, let's move on to promoting and advertising your your brand. How, how do you become in your space? How do you go about getting the word out about all of these wonderful qualities and uh, all of the the you know the, pro the the steps you take to make sure that your product is the most highly compliant of all? How do you get that that information to potential buyers? Yeah. So our company, we get a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals. Um, we're very customer centric company yeah. we're first. So we have great customer service, the highest quality products and the industry is small. So either employees 
go from one company to another. And as soon as they get situated in that new business, they're like, we need to work with Custom Clones USA. They're by far the best supplier and partner for our business. Right. Or just, you know, business owners are friends and they talk to each other and they we often get recommended. But then a key component of our business is really spreading knowledge and teaching yeah. and educating people. So we have an amazing blog on our website under our Knowledge Center tab, and we do a ton of videos that we put up on YouTube and Vimeo, where we're just trying to educate people and we're really learning ourselves. So we have done a lot of research into grinding and the science of grinding and how that's important. And then, you know, following up on that, then what's the next step? How do you sift that material? Like what's the importance of particle size in your pre-roll mm-hmm. yeah. of the main process how does the particle size going to affect that as well as the quality of the final product how does particle size play an impact there so we do research and we're learning ourselves and then once we learn about it we'll put it into a really good blog or video to put out there and people learn from it and then they trust us that we're going to have the solutions for them to make their products better and to scale their brand that's great so looking ahead uh, and uh, thank you for your time today with us, Harris. It's been great and been very informative. Uh, and I just love what you guys are doing. Give us a, a vision looking ahead of the next three to five years in the industry and what what are the things that you're concerned about? What are the things that you're excited about? And, and what, as a consumer, I have to look forward to? Yeah, so I think in the future, pre-rolls are going to continue to grow and a large driver of that growth is going to be increased quality. So pre-rolls have consistently been increasing in quality since the days when they were a vessel to get rid of shake and trim. Then that's now progressed to, oh, you could actually make money putting high quality flour in there. Mm-hmm. And then the price of flour just dropped. You're able to put higher quality flour and concentrates to make an infused pre-roll and give the customer exactly what they're looking for in terms of a higher potency and a better tasting product. Sure. So those trends are going to continue to follow and you're going to put you're going to get more hash rosin pre-rolls with more fuller flavor. I think distillate pre-rolls will get less and less popular as live resin takes hold and you're going to get more terpenes, um more full spectrum cannabinoids in your your pre-rolls. And then the next big frontier is freshness. So there's mm-hmm. a oversupply of everything in the market as that shakes out and as companies get a better grasp on their supply chain and the demand of their products, they're going to only produce products at a rate in which they could sell them more efficiently. So we hear from a lot of companies that produce three months worth of pre-rolls within you know a couple weeks in their manufacturing process, and then they stop making them and they wait to sell through them. And then you have aging pre-rolls on the shelf, sometimes they've they're sitting on their shelves for a couple months and then they go to the dispensary and then maybe they sit there for another few months and then the customer gets pre-rolls and then they say oh all pre-rolls suck because they're old and they have no flavor and they're dry so that's going to change as companies get a better grasp of their demand and planning on only getting pre-rolls to market at an acceptable time in which the dispensary will be able to sell through them Uh then i think you're also going to see a trend in better packaging to maintain freshness And if you go to a dispensary now, the high quality concentrates are stored in a little mini fridge or even a full size refrigerator. You're going to see the same thing for pre-rolls and high quality flour, um, where it's going to be stored in a humidor, just like when you go to a tobacco. 
There's no way buying a, a very expensive hand-rolled cigar and it's just sitting out on the shelf for months. It's in a walk-in humidor. The smell, you, the full experience is there. So we're going to see that start taking I like that idea. I like that idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. So we've been researching and developing cannabis-specific humidors. They're not out yet, but we're going to be having those for sale from small mini fridge size ones that you can get into size dispensary to a full size one. And then it's not our expertise, but I would love to see a dispensary that builds the full walk-in humidor. Absolutely. Yeah. You're Absolutely. able to, the, the smell in there is going to be amazing. Hey, there are a lot of egos in this environment, man. I think you can get that done. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have I think you can get that done. Yeah. We'll have those ready for sale within the next couple of months. And you see that with hash rosin. You wouldn't buy hash rosin from a dispensary that's not storing it properly. And the same right. thing, pre-rolls, if, if your dispensary is not taking care of them, you're not going to buy it. And then I think it'll be on the brand. So some brands are going to have to take that first step and purchase those humidors and give them to the dispensary and have it be branded yeah. with information on it. Sure. And it'll help make it a norm where if your dispensary isn't storing its products properly, it's going to go out right. of business. Right. Well, you know... Little little items like Red Bull did the same thing, right? Remember the little Red Bull freezer? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had to have that freezer to get the product, right? Exactly. And you had to store it differently. And 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 when you put it when you when you were at the bar and you ordered a Red Bull and vodka or whatever, the can had to be right there. It had yep. to come from the can, not from the gun. So yep. there's there's ways. Yeah, it helps with it helps with the quality of the product, but then it helps the brand at the end of the day with their brand identity and their recognition, and then the association with the quality of the product. Absolutely, and I see that as part of this effort of normalizing and professionalizing this industry. Uh, and I think that's great, and man. I really appreciate your time here. I want to thank you for being on Plant Profits. And uh, I wish you come back uh, whenever uh, you think there's something that you want to share with the audience that's of import. Let's do that. And don't be shy about that. Let's make that happen. My guest today on Plant Profits is Mr. Harrison Bart. He is the co-founder, Custom Cones USA. Harrison, thank you. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here on the award-winning podcast, Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, your host. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We are there at Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere, Cannabis Radio, anywhere you get your podcast. We are there with Plant Profits. Also, I want you to follow my company, Protus Global, on social media on the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you go on social media, you can find us and learn more about how we're building companies and how we're changing lives at protisglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. And until next time, I am your host of Plant Profits, Vern Davis. Cheers. Cheers.